certainly on social media, um, people have responded uh, with a lot of, um, well, sadness, really, I would say. Uh, and those of us that are of the age group to remember uh, the days of apartheid and anti-apartheid sort of engagement and that sort of thing are all a bit sort of puzzled as to why things have turned out the way they have. Um, in some cases, there are people that are, in a sense, not being particularly sort of, I guess, compassionate about the situation. I mean, they, they feel um, that it's totally unreasonable and uncalled for and unfair and all those things. And obviously, it's terrible for those that are bearing the brunt of the situation. But then there are others amongst us who are kind of, um, well, trying to t look at the, the wider picture and or the bigger picture, and we're sort of aware that there must be issues that have not been dealt with in South Africa over the last 20 years that still need to be addressed. John, uh, allow me to interrupt you and come on on that exact point, because nuance is important. It's not an apology or an excuse, but I'm, I'm glad we're talking to you who lives in London, which has now become your adopted home as a musician. Just give us some of the context that may be missing or that people need to understand. And also from the point of view of, of somebody who is looking to create a livelihood, the kind of environment that allows you to do that as well. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say London is an adopted home for me. I was actually born in London, but um, I um, I did live in Nigeria, which is like the home of my of my forebears as as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I was born in London. My parents took me to Nigeria, and I sort of went to secondary school and university there, and then returned to London to live. Okay. Um, and so, it's kind of slightly different, I suppose, from somebody who just I actually suppose. left somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, to, to stay. But having said that, there is always that sense that you're kind of the other. You're not, um, I mean, my, my, my family doesn't come from Shropshire or, 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 or you know, the home counties of England. Mm. And um, so there's always a sense of not being, like, in the mainstream. We, we, we come to these places and we, um, we aim to make our contributions we aim to be um, responsible and make our own contributions in those spaces and hopefully to integrate um, and be um, of help um, in the situation as well as, you know, hopefully gaining something for ourselves um, in terms of maybe um, a better quality of life or what assumed that we might have a better quality of life perhaps. Um, but I don't think um, people come thinking that they're just going to um, scrounge or they're going to try to get away with something, which I, is sadly tends to be what some people fear, whether it's in countries like England or the United States or possibly might be the situation in South Africa now. Did you face that kind of um, animosity that... that, that kind of fear that manifests in you being ostracized as the other? No, not fear or anything like that. I think the, the British and maybe a lot of people in Western Europe are very kind of, um, I mean, they've got it all sewn up, they've got it worked out how to deal with things like that. So 
on one hand, we have things like equal opportunities and like lots of policies around diversity and inclusion, social inclusion. And I have to say that after, say, the time that um, Tony Blair was the prime minister, um, social inclusion did become a lot more part of um, the living, uh, more of a living and breathing thing as opposed to just something that was lip service was paid to, I would say. Um, so, I mean, all, the, all of that stuff is there. But at the end of the day, you're still dealing with the fact that, you know, if somebody's in senior management of, say, the BBC, you know, and they're looking at up-and-coming people, they're more likely to identify with somebody that reminds them of themselves, then they're more likely to empathize with that person than somebody whose parents were from Nigeria or Ethiopia or South Africa and happened to be in England. Basically, my message to everybody is that, well, love, Love is what counts. Love is what matters most. Love is what you need, as the Beatles said. English TV is a, an international broadcasting television network based out of Washington, D.C., getting to um, the Ethiopian demographic internationally with um, 60 to 40 ratio, 60% Ethiopian content, 40% um, African and others. Mm. And our demographics are very affluent, educated, um, individuals around the world. And by default, because we sit on three different um, satellites, we distribute to Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Americas. So our viewers are actually broader than our target audience. So what has been the reaction to what is going on in South Africa, the attacks on foreigners? Um, we've actually um, went to the Embassy of South Africa in Ethiopia to interview the ambassador there for South Africa. Um, we're a bit, you know, shocked, uh, a bit disappointed. Um, we're really kind of perplexed because Ethiopia was one of the nations that was there for Mandela in South Africa during the apartheid. We are not just you know, there for just South Africa, but the whole Africa, we, we're home to everybody. I mean, we have the AU, and, and anybody at any given time can come to Ethiopia and be treated as an Ethiopian. So we're, we're very disappointed, hurt, and can't understand why South Africans would go against their own people. You've you've been interacting with a lot of your viewers via social media as well. Just share with us what what some of the backlash has been, or even the responses have 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 people been able to um, comment on what's going on, but also in context, in a greater context. Yes, you know, um, innately Ethiopians are not the type of people that are you know like to retaliate against something that is happening. Um, most of my um, audiences on social media, the, the their responses. How can they do this to us? Because we were there for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're, as I say, just like me, they're also a bit shocked. I'm a journalist, and I have a very objective view about anything and everything in Africa. But I was a bit hurt. Like, the, these are my brothers from another mother that are killing my brothers. Yeah. And that's, that's the sentiment that Ethiopians across the world have, is that... How can my own brother come and hurt me because I came to live with him? That's the sentiment that they have. Do people express their views on 
how we can either stem this, but also how to move forward? How could we better the understanding of One Africa? Um, you know, the, the best thing to move forward from this tragedy is an, an honest dialogue, one that doesn't excuse what is happening, um, one that doesn't want to protect the, the, the doer, but be there for the victims as well as trying to understand why these people, the certain groups of South Africans are retaliating against Africans that look like them and not other foreigners. What is it that is causing this hatred? Where is the root cause of this? Is it because lack of government, um, not hearing their concerns, their their wants, their needs, and they feel like these foreigners that look like them are coming to take the opportunity or that little opportunity that is in place for them 